The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Loving That Sports Talk with your host, James Loving. If you're looking for a fast-paced show that covers football and so much more, this is the place to be. Now, here's your host, formerly of the Philadelphia Eagles, James Loving. This is James Loving, your host of Loving That Sports Talk, and I only got my sidekick, my main man, co-host Terry Jackson. Are you that, DJ? I'm here, love. How you doing? I'm good. Everybody knows you as TJ, so I got to tell me your real name first, you know, Terry Jackson. <laughs> then we go to TJ. Is that all right? Actually, that's good. That'll work. Well, Terry, we don't have a great show today. You know, we might have some call-ins and all that, but, you know, before we get started, you know, I know I called you this week. You know, I didn't want to ruin your week, but, you know, I had to get that out there. Well, you know, yeah, I, I think you know what I'm that, talking about. That comes, that comes with it. That comes with it. Um... My boys didn't look good. They they, they looked inconsistent and and kind of sloppy. We dropped balls. We we didn't look good at all. But well, we got to move on. Before, you, before right? you start, let's put this on record. Everybody on the air here. If I come out there, well, I still better get ribs if I talk about your boys. <laughs> That's right. You cooked the best ribs, Terry. So I just want to know. Put it out there. Can I still get your ribs? About my boys like that, you won't get nothing. <laughs> I have to you like I did, little Jeff. <laughs> I know. That's where I'm putting it out there and make sure. Can I leave you one rib? Remember what Chris Rock would say? Can I just have one rib? <laughs> <laughs> but no, you know, we 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 can talk about that. But this so much we got to talk about. And I kind of love when you know before we get on here, you talked about this so much we talk about. Well, let's start off with you know uh, with the couple thing. You know, I am so. Not a Cutler fan because when he left Denver, he cried like a baby to get out of there. He put the coaches down on him. He went to Chicago. Then when he played hurt, well, he, don't get me wrong, he, he didn't play when he was hurt. And a lot of players play hurt. And you you play in the championship game to get to the Super Bowl, you play hurt, right, Terry? You do. And that was and just, years just ago. Like his, um, it's all about him. What do you think? Well, I, I agree. I, I'm not a Cutler fan either. Um, not necessarily because of the way he left Denver, because I think kind of what Josh McDaniels did was uh, that was kind of dirty. But, you know, you would think that a quarterback's going to be leader of your team. He's going to be trying to pull everybody up, not not throwing blame and, and hooting and hollering at people, you know, on national TV, um, your linemen, the guys that are supposed to protect you. You know, I, I don't care what you say. Uh, and it may not have been what it, what he said, but his actions were horrible and uncalled for. He knew that, and and he shouldn't have done it. Well, let's, let's talk about that a little bit, Terry. He felt that he's a leader and a quarterback. He could do that. He said he was trying to get him to play better and puff around. 
you don't hit your player or whatever, bust them like that. I think that's a disrespect. You know, that's that's saying that, you know, you're thinking that you're better than everybody on that team, but you're not. You agree? I agree. And and you don't demean your player like that in front of everybody on national television and, you know, and, and even in uh, the stadium. I mean, people can see that stuff. And, uh, you know, you go over to the bench, you sit down, and you have a conversation with him, but you don't, you, you shouldn't show emotion like, like he did and, 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 you know, and then end up pushing him and, you know, basically trying to get his attention to mean the guy, you know. Uh, and that was wrong. That was totally wrong. It was uncalled for. It, it shows a lack of leadership um, and, and horrible character in, in him. Well, you say shows a lack of leadership. Do you think he's a leader on that team, Terry? Because I don't think he is. I mean, you look at it because he's a quarterback. All teams, the quarterback is not the leader, you know. True. Because True. I think for Baltimore is Ray Lewis. Am I right? Yeah, I, I think he has leadership quality, love. I think he could be a leader, but his actions have to show that. I mean, and he may not necessarily show it by his play, but you would hope that that's how you lead. You lead by example. You lead by the way you play, by, by your consistency, by the way you bring you know, your, your, your players together and, 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 and stuff like that. I haven't seen any of that from Jay Cutler. He seems to be kind of out there on his own... Uh, I think he's he's kind of selfish, you know. That's 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 what I see. I don't I don't know him as a person or a teammate or, or anything like that. But he he looks from an outsider looking, and he looks like a selfish person. I mean, you look at his interviews and stuff um, after the games. I mean, he just seems to be cocky and all about him. It, it doesn't seem to be about the team. Yeah, well, what do you do with a player like that for a team? You know, you look at him and say, okay, you know, at some point. You know, and I, I think I heard a couple of Bears players, you know, that said, you know, what he did was wrong. You know, uh, is that going to change the locker room? You know, I don't know. I mean, Cutler's going to have to change that. Can nobody change that but him? I mean, you know, and if he doesn't change it, he's going to have to suffer the wrath behind it because how does he think those other players are going to look at him? You know? I mean, that's the thing that you, 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 you should be most concerned about is how your teammates look at you. Um, because you you know there's a lot of guys on that team that didn't agree with what he did. Well, that's what I mean. When I say change the locker room, there's some players like, you know, they'll be um, hating what color did and change, you know. It's a divided locker room. I mean, because when I was in Philly, the locker room, everybody was buddies and friends, and you never talk bad about nobody. You lift somebody up, you know what I'm saying? And when they don't feel you don't make nobody look bad because, you know, you got to make that mistake. That boy was getting beat up that day. Well, you know, as a coach, you sit there and try and help him because he was getting beat up that day. And there's going to be days where you're getting beat up, right? Right. But the thing about it is, is sometimes the coach is going to have to be that guy. I don't think that, you know, that that was Cutler's place the way he, you know, the way he directed his, his frustration. I can understand somebody being frustrated, and, and it happens to all of us, but there's just sometimes there's just a way you have to do it. And I just think that it was it was uncalled for, um, and it, it just brought too much attention, and, and it's negative attention. And Lovey Smith is sitting there saying, well, you know, Cutler's our guy, and, and we're not going to trade him, and, and so on and so forth. Well, that's because he has to say that. But in the back right. of my mind, I think he's thinking, God, man, why did you do something like that? That was you know that was dumb. Look now, now look what we got. What we have to talk about. Yeah, but you look at it like you say, Lovey got to say that. 
But then, you know, back in one ago, go, is this one guy going to change the whole team or something like that? We got to get rid of him? You know, well, you know be a bad I, apple? You know, I mean, we're, we're, we're talking about uh, like a T.O. type situation. And I think this could definitely turn into that. I think it has the making of, of that. Um, the, the question is, is this Cutler going to let that happen or is he going to change his tune and, and, and fall in step? I don't know. Um, but to me, it, it looks like it could be a volatile situation. Well, well, well there's two ways that can go, Terry. And like you say, in terms of T.O., the way it can go is, is Keller can be a T.O. person that every time, because I looked at it, when Keller threw an interception, you see nobody getting on him, right? Right. So you can look at that, okay, shut your marker when you mess up, or you can look at, like you say, the T.O. factor. Every time everything's going good for him, he won't blame somebody else. Right. And that was T.O. to me. It looked like T.O. when he didn't get the ball, or when something going wrong with the teammate losing, he blamed everybody else. But you yeah. have to still look at your inner self and see what are you doing, you know? Well, yeah, and you're right. And the thing about it is, is that, and you talked about this and being in the locker room, football team, basketball team, hockey, whatever you're playing, whatever sports you're playing, you become like a family. And you don't, you know, you, 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 you don't let, what goes on in the locker room outside the locker room because that's that's us, that's family. We we'll deal with that in house. This was just put right out in front of everybody. So now everybody outside the locker room is talking about it because they've seen what's going on. And I think it might wake up some of these some of these other guys on that team saying, you know what, that was wrong. I don't appreciate it. That's what's gonna stir the controversy and that's what I'm afraid of for him. So Cutler's gonna have to change his attitude bring these guys together and say, look, I'm sorry, I screwed up big time bad. It will never happen again. That's the kind of thing that he has to do if, if that team is going to look at him as their leader. So, you know, me and you, it's funny how me and you talk, and we, we talk like that, we talked the other night, you know, but I want to say another conversation. I know we got a call that's supposed to call in for another thing, but I want to drive right into it with you right now, but I want to see other because I already know what me and you think about it, you know. Yeah. So I'm, I'm going to say that, you know. But uh, what is going on with the NFL? I mean, we look at sports in general. Let's say sports in general. You know, you got all these people that this is going on, that's going on. The ref, that, that Monday night football game was horrible with the ref. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. but you're looking at it and saying the NFL is making all this money. Why they just don't pay these the the regular refs what they want and get this because everybody keeps saying the safety of these players. If you got the regular ref or the the, the um the scab whatever you know, it's got safety for the NFL going to be. But it's just a bad call. That money in that football game, that first quarter went on for two hours. That's not crazy, is it? There, it is. And you know, Steve Young had a pretty good. Um, he, he, he analyzes it, I think, the best, and, and it seems like he's right. And I'm not, I mean, I think Steve Young's a good guy, and, and I'm not. But sometimes he gets a little animated and says things yeah, that he doesn't say. I, I agree with you. But what he said was that the, the NFL doesn't care. And to a certain extent, I think he's absolutely right. Because they're going to make money regardless to what referees they put out there. If they put flag football referees out there, the NFL is going to go on, and all the teams are going to have to deal with it. 
the player safety is an issue. All of this other stuff that, that's been going on for the past five years that, that, that they've been trying to, to correct, they basically took out an integral part of that, being the referees, and thrown in somebody else, which is going to screw up everything else. You've got referees out there making college calls. You've got referees out there missing calls, afraid to make the right calls. They have to go to the sidelines to talk to the coaches after every flag is thrown to explain themselves. And it's it's just a debacle. It's it's crazy. Then we come back. We will talk more on that, but we got to take a break. But this is James Lovely, host of Lovely at Sports Talk. We got co-host TJ, Terry Jackson. We got main man, special guest, Anthony Parks on the line. We'll be right back. flagship station for sports voice america sports what if there was a program that brought the best in sports and the best of entertainment together in one place it can be done and darnell autry proves it every week on outside the spotlight in this program athletes and artists come together to share their success stories hobbies professional projects and more that will interest not only the sports fan but fans of entertainment and other human interest stories if you have something you want to ask your favorite athlete or entertainer listen for outside the spotlight fridays at 5 p.m pacific 8 p.m eastern on voice america sports This Is It Sports is an engaging talk program that includes you, the experts, and sports, all moderated by Coach Carl Hargrave. We'll talk about what's going on in the general sports world, collegiate and professional, take a look at youth-oriented sports, athletic development and sportsmanship, faith, and where it has its place in sports, along with a lively discussion with Coach Carl every week. Tune in to This Is It Sports with Coach Carl Hargrave every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Want to experience football from the perspective of two former players who also have coaching experience? Tune in to Sports Info UM with Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword. We'll talk about the drafts, play-by-play, and even what's happening in the offseason. Daryl and Sam have the connections and the knowledge to bring you the inside stories of the game's past, present, and future. We'll cover the camps, on and off field, and everything else, football and beyond. Sports Info UM is heard Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're hooked up with Loving That Sports Talk. James Loving and his guests want to hear it from you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or drop an email to lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. This is James Loving back with Little Left Sports on co-host TJ. You that TJ? I'm here. I lost you last time. That was my phone, but you know, luckily we had good engineer Matt took the commercial. So you know what I was saying, you know, uh, was good because you, you left out Terry saying that you know the NFL still gonna make their money. Steve Young said it, but but what I was saying was 
we look at these replacement refs and we're looking at because they replacement every mistake they're making and, and it seems like we, we see everything. We point out. But it's almost the same thing with the regular ref, but we're not pointing out because we're thinking, okay, they're the regular ref. But it's almost the same thing because what the bottom line is, what you just said, Terry, was they still going to make their money. Am I right, Terry? Right. You're right. And, and again, let's look at it. I might not like the call, and I might have controversy about the call, right. but nine times out of ten, the referees get it right. And if they don't mm-hmm. get it right on the field, the instant replay, they, they get it right. And it's a short amount of time because it's something that they do all the time. They're used to it, and, and, and it j- the game just seems to flow. With these refs, everything seems to stop, and, of course, everything seems to be, you know, more exaggerated because they're not the real referees, and, and every mistake is made. Plus, there's more mistakes. Can so, I cut you on for a second, Terry, and ask you some yeah. two questions? Two parts for you. One, is that because they the refs know they've been watched because of their replacement? And then two, are, are every call really the same that the regular ref will make, Terry? I mean, because when we have the regular ref, we go, oh, that's a bad call, but they the regular ref, we just let it go, right? But now with the place, we're like, oh, why would you call that? The regular ref wouldn't. Maybe they would, Terry. So I want you to ask that for me. Well, I don't think so. I think that, like like I was saying, nine times out of ten, the regular referees get the call right. Okay? They, they usually get the call right, and most of the time it's on the field. <clears throat> you haven't had as many uh, replays, I don't think, in my opinion, from some of the games that I've watched, as, as we have been having. You've got game stoppages because these guys are going over trying to explain this and explain that. You've got guys making calls that don't even belong in the NFL, top lot calls, uh, within five yards of the line of scrimmage, that you don't make. When, when is it, have you ever heard of a chop block call being called in, in the NFL and when? No, I, I mean, that. Like, it, it's those kinds of things that I think are are being, uh, you know, amplified with these referees. Um, and, and it's the time that it's taken. And, and some of the calls are just blatantly, you know, outrageous. I mean, they're they're, they're placing the ball after a penalty. They're placing the ball short of the line of scrimmage on where they where the where where the ball should have been placed. Well, I mean, I think, how often does that happen, love? <laughs> I, I, hey, I'm tell you, I'm with you. I'm thinking I watched that Monday night game, and I think that pass interference on what they was calling on was, was ridiculous. Yeah, that yeah. was crazy. They weren't even yeah. getting touched or nothing. They was calling pass interference. I'm like, where at? You know, well, some of the guys that got grabbed. Were, wasn't even called, and I mean, you could see that with the naked eye, <laughs> you know. So, no, I, I I don't think that just because they're replacement refs that that things are amplified. They're amplified a little bit because of that, but I think it's because they're they're way out of their element. Um, they're they're out of their element, and there isn't anything you can do about it but just deal with it. I mean, you kind of have to make the best of it because it's not going to change, and. I mean, I, it's sad to say, but they, they, they need to get it fixed. Well, let me ask you this. And I'll fill out this money. And like you say, says Steve Young said, they don't care. They're still going to make their money. You think them for yourself, hey, whatever it is, play the game. We don't care, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, us as fans, we got to go on ahead and deal with it because we can't change it. We, we can't stop the lockout or whatever they got going on. Um, but we want to see football. And they know that, and they're feeding off of that. I mean... You know they're they're not gonna they're not gonna stop it because 
the referees, you know, can come to the, a decision. Um, and and I don't even know. I haven't even delved into it. Love to even find out why they're 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 locked out. All I know is that I wanted to see football just as bad as anybody else did. And and uh, as a fan, I'm I'm just dealing with the referee situation just like everybody else is. I I think it's silly. Um, I wish they'd hurry up and come back and and things can get back to normal. But I mean, even then, without without some games, are they going to be a little slow? You know, if you have to ask yourself, do they got to catch up? So. I mean, I, I think we're looking at this uh, this season to be kind of, you know, kind of kind of up and down uh, with the referee so, situation. You said the key word. Everybody looking at, hey, we just want to watch football. We yeah. deal with it. You know what I'm saying? We overlook it. But I'm going to tell you, there's going to be a point in time when a team loses a game because of these refs, and everybody going to make a big thing of it. You know what I'm saying, Terry? Well, you can make and the that, argument that some of the calls already have made a difference in some of the games. Yeah, but it's only week one and two. You're right. a little game. You know what I'm saying? Right. So right now, it's no big factor. Let it go on, and these refs not there week eight or nine. You know what I mean? But it's crucial for a team to win that game. You know what I'm saying, there? Yeah, I know. I know. Well, you know, people don't realize that every game is crucial because these games that, that the team should be winning against, uh, they're not winning. So, I mean, you can say that uh, as a talent-wise or, or whatnot, but all the games, I think, are, are crucial games, you know, especially the ones that the team should be beaten against. But if, you know, if, if the referees were to come in and a call was to make a determination on a on a game that could have been won or could have been lost, absolutely, it's it's, it's going to be well, terrible. Well, let's kind of talk about that, Terry, since you brought that up, because I know, man, you talk about that. The listeners understand what they're saying. Every game is crucial, what you just said, because we talked about that. Week one and two, everybody think, oh, it's the early season, you know, little games, you know, they, they lose, it's okay. And they go, but kind of what, explain, Terry, what me and you talk about, because those type of games where you should win, that you don't win, that's going to hurt you in the season when you need to get that playoff or pick that spot. Am I right, Terry? This is kind of going it's, it's kind of, yeah, it's kind of a pick up on what we talked about last week when we were talking about how the Eagles look bad, but they won. Um, the Eagles are winning football games because, and granted, they should have beat the Browns. They they, they probably should have won last week as well. Um, but they're winning regardless of how they look. Now, you got the team like one week the Cowboys, they look great, and then the next week they come back and lose 27 to nothing. Well, they looked horrible that week. They should have beat the, the Seahawks. But now we're down a game. The Eagles are up a game regardless that they look bad. They still won the game. The Eagles saying, they said, oh, the Cowboys only lost one early. Well, explain that to you what they mean, you down the game. Well, you're, you're down the game because toward the end of the season, I mean, how many wins do you have against another team in your division? How many wins do they have? If you win the games that you're supposed to win, you're going to look halfway decent, okay, come, come playoff time or come close playoff time. Um, if you're losing some of those games and you lose, say we lose to uh, the Giants, uh, and we split that game, and maybe we win and, and, and lose one to Philly, and maybe we win or lose one to Washington. I mean, let's kind of get a little better to let you understand it. Last year that happened with the Cowboys, the Eagles, and the Giants. The Cowboys playing that well, that one game hurt those two, three teams, actually. One of the three teams were the one game where if the, if the Eagles won, the Cowboys lost. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, we, we, we have to stay pace. 
<laughs> basically is what you have to do. Right, you got to right. win the games that you're supposed to win uh, because the division games are, are you know, are, are that important. And you want to win those, but these games that you should be winning to boost up, you know, uh, up your record is going to help you in the long run, you know, when it when it comes playoff time. Well, you know, Terry, we got a guest on the line. We'll get his point of view. Uh, Anthony Park, are you there, Anthony? Hey, James, how you doing? Good, good. Anthony, I got my co-host, Terry Jackson on the line. How you doing? Hey, Terry, how you doing? Good, Anthony, how are you? I'm doing well, pretty Anthony, well. Before Just, we get uh, started, you know, I, want to, I want to thank you for coming on the show and another thing, thank you, you know, uh, we was in a golf tournament uh, last week in Chicago, and I think my score was better than yours, but we ain't going to talk about that right now. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I think they were calling you uh, Tiger Woods. <laughs> you had a nice, uh, nice uh, uh, swing, so it was nice. Right. Very nice. Anthony, go ahead and tell the listener real quick a little about where you played in college and, and then pro. A little about this. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, I have a long uh inspiring uh story but I'll keep it short here. Um I went to uh Weaver State University, a uh Division One AA school in Ogden, Utah. And there I played cornerback uh safety and also ran track and also I like to throw out that I was a two time student athlete uh honor team uh uh team member. So uh, from there, I was drafted to the uh, San Francisco 49ers in the fourth round, and I picked overall by um, uh, Bill Walsh in the San Francisco 49ers. And uh, as a uh, cornerback, played there for four years uh, uh, before going over to the Oakland Raiders. And, uh, yeah. Well, Anthony, let's jump right into it. You know, we've got questions for you. Like I told you when I talked to you, you know, this show, I'd love to have you uh, uh Oh, yeah, I appreciate you coming on, but let's jump right into it. I want to get to talking. I know, Terry, we, we talk about, you know, all the players, you know, and uh, what they do and what goes on afterward. You know, uh, Vince Young, you know, uh, you know, you see a bunch of these players, Anthony, that after they're done, or not even they're done, but they spend all this money, their money gone. Why is that, do you think? You know what? That's a that's a uh, question. That's that's a billion dollar question that everyone asks me every single month. It seems like not every day, but every month, I get that question brought up to me. Um, matter of fact, uh, one of my neighbors, who is a uh, former soccer player in Europe, uh, he asked me just the other day, "Why so many NFL players make all this money, retire, and they're broke?" You know what? I, I think it it uh, stems from each individual player, um, and and I can only I can only look at myself. And uh, uh, when I look at myself, I knew at an early age when I got with the with the ACL injury my rookie year that I, I told myself, "Wow, this is not forever." You know, this is in in the blink of an eye. So I took every advantage that the NFL provided, if it was the 401K. You know, we don't, a lot of players don't talk about the 401K, like maximizing your 401K, not living in a big apartment or the or getting a big house, not getting a fancy car. It's, it's for me, it was um, living in my means, living in my lane, you know, not worrying about if there's a top uh, first-round draft pick who, who, is guaranteed millions of dollars. 
I had to stay in my lane, and I knew just from that rookie year of my ACL injury that I knew that football wasn't guaranteed, and I knew that I need what I like to call is uh, longevity. When football is over, I want to make sure that I can provide for my family. I'm talking about my wife, my kids, and, um, and, and make sure that I can make my job or I can make my life easier not have to get any job when I'm done playing football. So the question that is, is I think every former NFL player um, need to ask, them, ask themselves that question, why? I think everyone has a, a different why factor into why players come out broke. And I think one is bad investments. I think agents, uh, I was very fortunate to have a, have a great agent, I believe. So, um I think agents sometimes um, can persuade players to invest or they can connect them with uh, financial advisors who are persuading them to get in, into investments. And I say this, we are professional athletes. We, are, we were trained at a early, at an early young age to dominate on the gridiron. Um, I don't think many of us, if any of us, we we started at an early age to to learn about money, and and that learning about money at an early age stems from um, our circumstances. Now, if you look at the statistics, well, I don't want to go in that much because I don't I don't know the uh, the the, the uh, true number, but if you look at the 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 overall population of the uh, number of football players who are playing, the uh, you will find out there are the majority of them are African Americans. So I'm going to throw, throw that out there. Usually it's a sensitive topic, but if you look at from the background, and I was I'm looking at from my own background. I always point the finger at myself and look at myself first. So I'm going to talk about about me, and I'm sure that it can it can uh, I think the majority of pro football players can take something from this is. When I was growing up, I grew up with a, um, a single mother. She worked many of jobs. I didn't have that education about learning money. And um, we didn't have nice things, but I knew how to work hard. I knew that if you want something, you got to earn it. you got to put money aside. However, when people are coming out of, out of the woodwork telling you to invest this and you see the opportunity to get nice things, you 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 eventually get out of your lane and you and you uh, you get hypnotized by these other things, and I think a lot of players and I play with a few, I, not to mention any uh, any names, but they got out while they were playing. They lived at a high mean of uh, what their income at the time could afford, and when they left the game. They were spending like they were still receiving those big checks, mm-hmm. yeah. and and I think there's so much. I think this is one of the great topics. I think the NFL need to implement into their rookie uh, symposium, into the and, and let everyone aware of what is that. I mean, why is that? I think I think it's a topic that right. I can personally I can go on and on and on, but uh, I don't want to take up too much of you guys' time. <laughs> oh, Terry. Terry? Oh, Anthony, I, I totally agree with you, and I was going to ask you that. Don't you think that that would be very important? Because we're talking about 21-, 22-year-olds who come from menial backgrounds, okay, uh, yeah. who, who never did have a lot. 
growing up, and you want to take care of your mom. You want to take care of your brothers and sisters and, and dad and make sure that they have, uh, but yet and still, you gotta you got to remember about taking care of you because you're the one out there taking the risk. You're the one out there that's, that's playing football, and like you said, this career could end in a, in a, in a heartbeat yeah. um, when you're out there doing that. Um, but what do you think that something implemented should be mandatory for these younger guys coming in and, and all of the players coming in, not just these young guys that are making, you know, uh, you know, the big money, not the first, second round draft picks, but, but everybody who's coming in. Um, don't you think that the NFL should, should implement something, uh, inside their, you know, their, their rookie symposium, like you said, uh, and, and make it mandatory for these guys to attend this kind of thing? Um, yeah, Bill Parcells used to, he, he used to call people in and say, look, you know, and, and they would say he's meddling in the business, but this is what you should do with your money, Rook. Yeah, you know, you, you, you lift paycheck to paycheck for a little while, put that signing bonus up, and then you can, you know, you can live off of that a- after a while. But people right. don't want to listen to that kind of thing. They, they, they called it meddling. Don't meddle in my affairs. I think right. that, you know, somebody should listen to those guys. What do right. you think about that? You know what? That's a great point that you had um, put out there, Terry. And uh, it made me think of when someone had told me that I was uh, 23 at the time, and they told me, um, I, can't, I don't remember who, but I think it was a player or someone in upper management at the time. They had mentioned that um, this is a business. We pay, we, we pay a lot of money to these players, and the organizations are doing their part, and the players should take the initiative to do their part. Just not only playing football, but now this is not collegiate football. This is professional football. So you got to be a professional to maintain and how to understand how to manage your funds. Uh, when I went, when, not in those particular words, but when that was said to me, I was like, whoa, you know, that was like a wake-up call. <laughs> so I, I, uh, that was a wake-up call. And I, and I think that not only they should have something implemented in the rookie symposium, but they should have something ongoing. Um, maybe every quarter, but or every month, or they they need to implement some type of training, some type of hands-on, and they and I think that uh, there should be some type of mentorship to um, every player, regardless if they were drafted in the first or seventh round or, or uh, not drafted at all. Um, I, I think um, it's it's imperative that the NFL. Um, establish some type of educational tool that every single player can take advantage of. Now, here's the thing, take advantage of. Now, here's the part where I still see it today um, in contact with some players that I play who who are um, um, still in the game playing to um, to this um, day is um, the players need to take the initiative to do it. Um, the, The organization... They can provide the tools, the NFL, they can say, okay, we can provide this. But here's the thing, Terry, mandatory, you know, I don't know. I know there's mandatory to come to practice off-season conditioning or camps. That's mandatory because it's all about winning. But financing, that's going to be a tough one. I think because the player needs to do their part, take the initiative, and say, so, you know what, I don't want to be broke. I don't want to be the next uh, statistic 
uh, if it's committing suicide, if it's um, getting a divorce, if it's turning into drugs, if it's uh, um, just being broke. Yeah. And, Anthony, time after time, we see this from these players. I mean, you take, and, and I'm going to use my own guy, Des Bryant, for instance. Yeah. Young, yeah. hothead, want, wants to, he, he wants to change in the jewelry and the fast cars and all this stuff. And he seems to be taking a little bit of time to say, hey, I'm in the NFL. I'm a million-dollar man now. I, I, I need to start managing my money. How are you going to get to those guys and say, you need to take responsibility. You need to, you know, you need to take control of your assets and, and understand that. When, when you come from menial, when you come from a little bit, when you never have had, and I think that's the problem is that these young guys who, you know, who want to say, I'm going to make it big so I can take care of everybody. I'm going to take care of you guys. And that's but, when they end up. Uh, well, you can't do that now. I mean, you know, and you down can't know this. You can't do that, Terry. You know how this is, Anthony. I'm gonna say this. Then we're gonna take a break and then we'll come back. But you, how can you tell a young guy that's making more than a coach, and, and then tell a coach and say, "Hey, how you gonna tell me how to do something? I'm making more than you." And you know I'm right about that, Anthony. Yeah, you. But right. we're gonna, we're gonna talk about that. Let's take a quick break. Then we come back. We will talk more on that, but we got to take a break. But this is James Lovely, host of Lovely at Sports Talk. We got co-host TJ, Terry Jackson. We got main man, special guest, Anthony Parks on the line. We'll be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Fantasy Sports is where the action really is. Over 40 million people play Fantasy Sports, but rarely do they get to quiz the experts. Fantasy Insights is the name and the game. Tune in every week as Dish Adams and his guests clue you in on the fantasy football game, what's happening on and off the field, and how it will affect your fantasy team. These experts aren't just beat writers assigned to fantasy football. They live and breathe the game. Tune in to Fantasy Insights with Dish Adams every Thursday afternoon at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Sports. Do you feel the need for speed? Whatever your addiction, NASCAR, IndyCar, NHRA, Formula One, or even lawnmower racing, Pit Pass USA has got you covered. Larry Henry here, host of Pit Pass USA. I put my 30-plus years of being a motorsports broadcaster to work to bring you not only the best guests, but also the most interesting guests in racing. Pit Pass USA with Larry Henry. Your front row seat to the world of racing. Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Sports Channel. Be there or get a DNF. When it comes to youth and high school football, listen each week to Coach Al Gross at First and Ten Football. Coach covers vital topics relating to the latest trend on a national level. Join Coach as he interviews personalities from the NFL, NCAA, and the top high school coaches from around the country. Catch all the interviews and get in-depth information online at www.firstandtenfootball.com. Your national resource for youth and high school football. First and Ten Football is Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Sports. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. (laughs) 
You're hooked up with Loving That Sports Talk. James Loving and his guests want to hear it from you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or drop an email to lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. This is James Loving, host for Loving That Sports Talk. I've been co-host TJ Derek Jackson. And we got our special guest, Anthony Park. You still there? Yeah. Yep, I'm here. Are you there, TJ, Derek? I'm here, love. I'm here. You know what? Before we went to break, you know, Anthony, I didn't mean to cut you and tear you off, but you guys were making great points. But, you know, let's get, like, you know, I was trying to get to where Vince Young had went broke, you know, and I guess you didn't know that. But what is going on? You said you want to make a good point, Anthony, on the break. Yeah, uh, you know, I think million-dollar players need to be mentored by billion-dollar business people or someone who is um, not not so much on the same level as they are but a little bit higher for them to really sink it in mentally. For instance, uh, LeBron, uh, LeBron James uh, looked up to or been mentored by Jay-Z. So... It's, um, you, you know, I think everyone can be mentored by someone, but it, it, it have to be someone uh, that is greater than, because if someone is less than, then uh, young players who are 21, 22, 23, you know, it's going to be hard for them to listen to someone who is uh, not making as much money. Mm-hmm. I, I, I agree with that. I mean, you know, it, it's just... And I, I, I go back and relate to, you know, if I, if I had been fortunate enough to, you know, to, to make that kind of money. I would have wanted to take care of my family. I would have wanted to, you know, provide for my mom and dad and, and my brothers and sisters, you know, to because we, we didn't have, you know. And, and a lot of those guys come in and they're just, they're ignorant to the situation. They're ignorant to, to managing money because you never had to manage money. You always had to just make it. Um, and, and I think they come in. And, and it's, it gets overwhelming. You're a superstar or you're a million-dollar guy, and you can get what you want when you want it, and you think that that life is just going to continue. I mean, you take Michael Jackson, you take the Britney Spears, you take all those young guys who were uh, celebrities and, 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 and made millions of dollars at a young age, and they just they just end up breaking. They, they go crazy. Uh, they go broke. Uh, because they're just once once you get that life, it just seems like it just takes you over. Well, right let me, let me ask you this, Anthony. You know, I want to go a little deep. You know, but yeah. I know when I was there with Philly, you know, I, when I went out to the club, when I went out, I was going with a bunch of money. I think it was endless money. I'm buying drinks for everybody or a party. You know what I'm saying? And right. you just think it's always going to be there. You know, and that's how we think, right? You know, uh, well, I think it goes back to that. To that that person because uh, I was never a uh, drinker. I was never a person to... Um, I wasn't a drink either, so I'll just, you know. You're right, right. It's too hard. But I will tell you this, just keeping the bread is, uh, when, you know, when, when I was drafted into the to, uh, to the 49ers, um, I told myself, you know what? I'm going to live a little bit. <laughs> I'm having some fun. It's about me now. And uh, I went to the clubs and within six months, and this is a true story, uh, within six months, I felt the uh, snowball effect that was going down the hill 
was was picking up momentum. And what I mean by that is my financial advisor at the time at Merrill Lynch, he told me, Anthony, if you keep it up at this pace, you will be broke, period. <laughs> you will be broke. And 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 this is bef- this is uh yeah, this is uh slightly before I, I got my ACL injury and I was having fun but I knew one it wasn't me and I told myself, Man, I better catch on to this quick because it's moving quick and it's not even going as fast yet. So I couldn't imagine if I ever was going so fast that I was out of control and I'm spending money um and not I'm spending money on clothes Right. And going out in food and family, you know? Right. right. I, my mom, $100, brother, $100, flying out to the game, I mean, all this stuff. But if you're not keeping track of your money, it adds up at the end of the day. Yeah. And, uh, okay. and, you know, just keeping it real, I think, but people have, um, if not keeping track and their expenses are extremely higher, and uh, they're getting a lot of a lot more people out of the woodwork. It's just it's just matter of time. That's what I was going to ask you, Ann. What were you spending your money on? Because, like you say, most of it's like going back clothes, jewelry, and food, right? You know, you know. That's a great question. I have a a money jacket that I probably spent about two grand on. I st- it's been about thirteen. It's thirteen years old. And I still have it in the closet. Matter of fact, I saw it this morning. And I and I and I I went into this mall one time in in California, and this is special Italian place. And I talked to the guy. He's talking about this suit of money and this. And um, I liked it. And I I just figured that I got the money a thousand dollars for a jacket. So whole set here, and it, and it didn't dawn on me that. This is stuff is expensive, right? <laughs> and it, it didn't dawn on me. I was only 23 years old. It's not like football was forever. So, and I was very fortunate that I got hurt. You know, I really didn't want to get hurt, but more I look back on it, I'm glad that I did because it made me uh, grow up and made me sit back and see players like uh, Steve Young who um, manages money and and. and uh, did all the right things. Just it made me, uh, it made me see things differently. It made me view players who were spending a lot and getting crazy, and see me. Uh, it made me realize other players who are so humble off the field. They they didn't have the nicest cars. They didn't uh, probably had the modest homes, but they had a lot of money. That's the whole, you know they had a lot of money, and they knew that. And they weren't they weren't trying to validate to anyone that they could afford something. They knew that that they could do this. And and, and when I say this, I'm and the person that comes to my mind was uh Steve Young. I, I, I analyzed him just by watching him that um I took something away from these veteran players, how they carry themselves professionally and uh, and they understood how the game was played. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, I totally agree, and I, and I think that's, you know, that's extraordinary. And we, we we talked about Steve a little bit, and those guys, you know, they. And I, I don't know Steve's background. I don't know, you know, where he came from or how he grew up, but it seems to be that a lot of these guys who who run into these problems, and Anthony, I think you kind of hit on it. You, you're, you're doing for these people that are coming out of the woodworks. These uh, the, the long lost family. 
um, the uncle who, you know, mom's brother, uh, <laughs> and that kind of thing, yep. um, that you want to, you know, you want to take care of and please. And sometimes uh, that stuff just, it, it, it gets the best of you. And before you know it, there you are. Uh, after after all the fun and games, you know, you, you, you have nothing left and, and no more checks are coming in. Uh, you, you, you got injured. You know, right? Um, it's 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 just sad, but it seems like we are seeing more and more players, superstar players, uh, that are are crying broke. And I mean, these guys are ones that sometimes I think have gotten away from the game. We talk about the Chad Johnsons and the Terrell Owens. Neither one of those guys have a team. Uh, I don't think Chad broke, but Chad's not playing. That that check's not coming in anymore. Um, right. And we got Vince Young. These guys are $24 million. I mean, you got to be kidding me. Gone. I mean, whew, it, it's gone. It, it, it makes no sense. I mean, that's only money people dream of. Have. Right. And it, it just doesn't, I, I can't relate to that kind of thing. It's just, right. it's mind-blowing. If, if, well, well like, actually, let's go into that soon. Hey, brother, uh, what do you think about that Chad situation? You know, uh, if you don't mind, James, James, uh, James before I um, talk into that, if you look in the correlation, if 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 you look at Peyton Manny, Eli Manny, compared to a Michael Vick, compared to a Vince Young, uh, and look at look at I mean we we got to go really deep on this. Uh, the the Peyton and Eli Manny father played. They understood. I'm sure they yeah. got told how to manage money. They understood. And look at them. They're extremely professional. Now, if you look at Michael Vick, we all we all, we know about the whole doll case. He right. lost millions of dollars in endorsements in the info contract. Now he's bouncing back, which is great. Vince Young going broke. So it it and if you look at their background, I'm sure it's probably very similar. You know, I, I mean, this is a touchy topic: black and white in the fam in the family tree, how they've been brought up, and I think it has something to really do in, in the roots of how those athletes have been brought up and, and if they were really around someone who can teach them money. But, um, uh, what, what, I'm sorry, James, what, you, you had something, yes. No, I mean, I agree with you, but that's like, you know, I, I was saying, you can put that to, what do you think about the Chad Johnson situation? Chad knew he was in a bad situation, but it's like what you say, you look at the black white. If you know, like you say, if you're in that situation, you're in the spotlight and you're getting older, you got to be more respectful because communicating accept you like uh, pay Mary. If he do something wrong, they'll do it, right? They'll accept him, right? Yeah. You know, um, I can't speak a whole lot about Chad Johnson. All I saw a little bit of the uh, reality show that he did with with his show and part with T.O. and, and his his wife or fiance at the time um, with on her show or the reality show. Um, but I can say this: being with a being, uh, play with a player um, of greatness and going up against his player Jerry Rice and watching him, I think a lot of young players need to keep their mouth shut and 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 watch these veteran players to see how they're doing it. What I took from Jerry Rice, as we're talking about Chad Johnson, both uh, Chad is great, uh, wide out. Jerry Rice is, in my opinion, the greatest of all times, is that uh, uh, he never, I, I never saw 
Jerry and every some reality shows, it's always as professional as he can be because he understood that I'm thinking that he understood that this is a game of business. This is a game of not on uh, not only on the field but off the field, and everything is tied in together how people will perceive you. And I think now since he's retired, uh, since he's no longer playing, that he's now on a commentator or he's doing uh, ESPN. He has options, and I think if you look at the Chad Johnsons and the TOs. It's, uh, you, you're trying to keep up, and I can be totally wrong, but I don't think so. You try to keep up with the whole image. And I think when right. you create this, this monster that is, that is growing and growing, and how do you get rid of that monster? Because everyone for so long, look at Chad Johnson, o, Ocho Asinko, who's making these, these great catches and do, doing the great, uh, touchdown dances. Even for Tio, so how do you get? How do you eliminate that and come down to earth and be someone similar to a uh, Jerry Rice? You know, I, I think that they're they're learning that right now. Uh, it's it's too bad that it's too late, Anthony. But I think this is the kind of thing that it takes. Sometimes people have to get a, a, a wake up call. I mean, your injury for you was a wake up call, right? Absolutely, absolutely. And, and some of these guys have not had that. And when you think that you are invincible and that you're going to play for the next 10 to 15 years and you're going to be as successful as you are, as you have been that first five or six years in this league, uh, what, what are you? What's going to change you? I mean, they're not going to change. So something has to happen. They, they've got to get hit in the chest and realize, whoa, this could, this could be over, you know, and, and I don't think that's happened to them. Unfortunately, now the T.O. has woken up. I think Father Time has caught up with him in his situation. Um, and, and Love talked about how great of a shape this guy is in and so on and so forth. Yeah, but he don't have it anymore. Tio don't have it. Chad right. Johnson, he doesn't have it anymore. Right. Um, and, and, again, T.O.'s done. He's broke. So it's a little bit too late for him. Right. You know, we, you know Terry, that's out, but we don't have to do We only have two minutes. But I want to um, thank you, Al, for being on the show. But go ahead and tell you know, listen, what you're doing out there in the Chicago area, what you got going on with your program. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I own a company called Rhino Football Performance. You can go check it out at www.rhinofootballperformance.com. And our mission is simply to better prepare and position athletes who are passionate about playing football to receive a potential college scholarship. And the way we are doing this is that we provide four, diff- uh, four uh, things. is uh, free college uh, recruiting, uh, highlight film uh, creation for players and uh, teams, uh, football uh, performance training, and also camps and clinics. There's a lot more information on those four uh, categories, but uh, if you go to rhinofootballperformance.com, you can check it out. There's a lot of great things happening and uh, we're trying to make a movement on um, uh, um, uh, developing football players and better uh, position them to uh, receive a full college uh, scholarship. Well, Amp, I know me and Terry. Uh, what you want to say, Terry? We appreciate you being on the show. Absolutely. Uh, it was great meeting you and, and, and great talking to you. Thanks, Terry James. Uh, thanks for having me. Uh, on. And I'd love to have you back on the show. Uh, we'll be talking now, and uh, we'll do some great things together. Uh, okay. It was a pleasure to meet me, you know, at that clinic and the event. So. Okay. Sounds great, James. Uh, thanks for having me again. Right. I appreciate it.
take care. Well, this is another show, Terry. You know, uh, that's first time with me and TJ. Terry, you know, take us out. What do you got to say? Hey, uh, I think it was a great show. I'm looking forward to uh, this next week in football. And um, hey, every week is 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 a different week, but uh, it's great. It's football season. All right, we'll see you guys next week. That's going to do it for this week's edition of Loving That Sports Talk. But don't worry, James Loving will be back next week, Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Get ready to love more sports talk then. And keep in touch with James all week at lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com.